423 Soccer Pod, the podcast that CFC built. This is Jim, a.k.a. Chattagooner. Hey, this is Todd, the great footballer. And we are fortunate to be joined tonight by Claire Tooley. Claire, if you don't remember, is our board representative for supporter owners. Claire, how are you doing and how are things on your side of Chattanooga? Um, I am doing well. It is. I'm calling you from my office and I can see the sunset and, you know, it's finally spring. So I am I am happy. It's spring and there's going to be football soon. I can see Jim's elaborate collection of scarves and it's impressive. I just got to tell the people and you out there. It's, it's very nice. Yeah. My, it's 70 uh, degrees outside and I just see this elaborate collection of scarves. <laughs> <laughs> well, Claire, let's, let's just jump right into things. It's been a while since, since we've talked to you. I think the plan was, you know, back when we talked to you first was to come back and do a, a follow-up with how the first season went. And then we played one game in, or in, I almost said Orlando, but one game in Oakland, they both start with O and then we just stopped. So if you'll remind yeah. I me, mean, so it's been a while. So if you could bring everybody back up to speed with what your role is on the board and kind of what you've been spending your time doing over the past 12 to 18 months. So I am the supporter elected board member, and since the uh, now that we have supporter ownership, the idea was we should the people who own a stake in the club should have a voice. And so I was elected. It was back in August of 2019, which seems like a million years ago now. And it's a two-year term, and my role really is to be a sounding board for the supporters. You know, I think technically, you know, my constituency is the shareholders, but I think I like to think it's everyone. I'm not checking if someone emails me. I'm not checking it against a list of owners. Um, since you know, I think everyone everyone shares the same sort of concerns about the club. It's not you know, it shouldn't matter if you own the stock or not, even though technically, like I said, that's my constituency. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've you know just here to field comments or questions from people that maybe they don't want to raise officially or just need a sounding board on and I will discuss them with the board. I'm, you know, a full board member, go to every meeting, go to um, other meetings about certain topics that I'm sure are going to come up later. And yeah, it's it's just, uh, you know, it's something that I do once a month, but there's, you know, a lot of emails in between. And, you know, the past year, it's been a lot more on the uh, administrative side instead of answering questions about games, but, you know, just getting p- feedback from people about, you know, how we've been handling things during the pandemic, uh, suggestions from people who were able to go to the smaller capacity games about things they liked, things they didn't like, um, and just, you know, answering questions about how the club is doing. You know, there are a lot of people who just want to know that everything's okay and check in on people, which is always great. We have you know, our fans care, which is awesome. Uh, how many board, how many board reps are there? Uh, I seen, I don't, I don't quite remember to be honest with you. On the board itself. Do you mean? Yes. Okay. You know, and I could not, since we haven't all been in a dang room together since, um, 
I think March of last year. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I'm horrible at. Is it generally just a? Is it generally just a Zoom call proposition, and you just get a bunch of boxes that come up on your screen, and whoever's there that night? Yeah, that is. Or morning, we do them at um, eight thirty in the morning. But gosh, you know, I'm gonna guess that it's gonna be wrong, but I'm gonna say twelve. And as soon as I said that, that doesn't feel right. So now I'm looking it up. <laughs> but, <laughs> do we have a book of bylaws yeah, that, that you were given? Like this is the 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 Bible of bylaws and. I mean, I I have a copy of the bylaws of the organization that they're legally required to have. It's interesting you said, talk a little bit about what you you kind of generally stated what the supporter or or supporters have emailed you about. How how frequent has that communication been? And and are you happy with, with, you know, how how you are communicating with the fan base? Yeah. um, Yeah, I will say back when we talked in October, I think October 2019, I think I said, you know, this is a brand new role. No one's ever had it before in CFC or anywhere else. And so it's a lot of learning as I go. And I think I'm going to set myself office hours. I'm going to check email every day. And that's when I'm going to respond to emails because there's going to be a ton of them. And, you know, there hasn't been as much as I thought, which that's not boo on the supporters for not reaching out to me. That was just my expectation. So I had really based my communication strategy around going to games and making myself available there and thinking that once I started talking to people, that would give me some guidance on what to reach out to people about. Where if I've heard X from 10 people at games, that's something to contact supporters about. Or if I saw something in a game and thought, oh, maybe we should change X, you know, reach out about that too. And so, you know, when this all started, I certainly, you know, I remember back in mid-March thinking, CFC will be back. I, and I can definitely go on that trip to Austin that I was planning in late April, you know, things will be back to normal by then. So I was just in this pattern of, okay, well, you know, everyone's getting so many emails. They're getting bombarded with the now more than ever emails. So I didn't want to add to that. And, you know, I wasn't really sure even what to say. And, it's just sort of snowballed. And so I was waiting and I was also dealing with people reaching out about tickets and what was happening with the season and those sort of things. And I was more trying to take what I'd been hearing and making sure that it was going into what the club was putting out rather than saying it myself, because these are the sort of concerns where, you know, I should not be telling someone what to do with their ticket one-on-one. That is something that should be coming from on high, so to speak. So I think, you know, I don't, I don't love the way that I handled communications last year, but I also think that it was such a weird year that I'm and not having any guidance on how to do this and it being such a new role. I'm not sure what I could have done differently. I'm sure I will hear back from some people about what they think I could have done differently but you know, it was just you know, it was a really hard year and you know, physically and emotionally on everyone and I really hope that this is the year even if my term ends in August that I can finally fulfill some of those things that I had really planned for spring of 2020. Yeah I really hope that this year I mean I don't think anyone is is going to be too is going to grade anyone too difficult or too hard or harshly on what they did last year, um, just because you know, such unusual circumstances. And uh, you know, my my hope is that everyone, uh, whether it be you or the club or anyone associated with, gets a, a totally clean slate this year, 
to kind of hit the ground running. I mean, I, I think we had heard from Jeremy, like there was so many things planned for last year and it just, the yeah. pandemic just totally blew everything up. So I, I, I really hope that everyone gets a clean slate. I know from my point of view, looking at the club, uh, I'm, we, I mean, things happened last year. It was an important year and I'm, I'm not trying to discredit it in any way, but at the same time, this year presents a new, a fresh new opportunity for, for everyone uh, to, to start again. And, and uh, quite frankly, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And you know what, actually I have, um, I keep a binder of all my CFC stuff and I had it out in case I need to reference anything. And the last time I met with Jeremy in person um, in late February, we went through our supporter ownership engagement plan for 2020 and I have it. And just looking at it makes me kind of sad. <laughs> and it's, it's all great stuff that we can use for this year. We sort of, we already built a bit of a roadmap, but yeah, we, we had a lot of stuff planned and, you know, that's the other thing. It was just, you know, as well as I think, you know, I never went to board meetings and just felt horribly depressed about the state of CFC, but there was this part of me where I was thinking, oh, you know, all of last year, like this year was supposed to be these things and it wasn't. And it just made it hard to engage with sometimes. Absolutely. Hey, is there anything on that list that uh, that was only going to happen last year and maybe not this year that you can share with us? I mean, um, I don't know. I'm looking. You know, it was more, and it was some of the stuff that we were able to transition to just social media, but like the owner spotlights, those were supposed to happen at games <laughs> and, and would also be on social media. The social media part was supposed to be kind of small, but you know, just, um, you know, a lot more stuff built around games and doing uh, meet and greets at games for supporters, not meet and greets, but, you know, sort of more organized uh, tailgates for supporters in other cities that we were visiting. And, you know, again, we are having a season that people who may have wanted to come to a tailgate last year might not this year type of thing. So right. that's something I think to build up more towards in the future. So we, we did have a question from from a supporter, uh, Robert Ryder, who, who wanted to know kind of he was curious about how you feel that you've influenced board decisions or and, you know, how, um, you know, what actions that you feel that your involvement may have led to. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that, you know, I don't have the years of experience in sports that a lot of the other board members have, even if it's just, even if their experience is limited to CFC, their, their knowledge base is a lot larger than mine there. But I do think when I talk about the supporter experience, that that is, is really what I'm bringing to the table because they, a lot of them wear so many hats on game days where they're, you know, helping coordinate things or making sure that stuff is running smoothly or talking to special guests and they're all kind of running around. And, you know, I don't think they're often as just out in the stands. <laughs> and so that's the, that's what I always try to bring to every meeting. And I also think that with the women's team, I think moving forward on that was going to happen anyway, but that was something that I sort of came in early and said, Hey, you know, this is what I heard a lot from people about. Let's get this going. And I think that I don't want to take total credit for it, especially since, as a lot of people would point out, nothing has happened yet. But um, I do think it was just being able to be a bit of a catalyst. And Jeremy, I think, was also very important as that as well. It was something that he cared about too. But just being able to sort of come in and my first meeting and say, this is what I've heard a lot about. 
let's set up a meeting to talk about it after this. Well, that is a beautiful segue, Claire, since you brought it up and we didn't even have didn't to. Didn't even have to ask the question. <laughs> I, I had a feeling it was going to come up. So, <laughs> so where, what can you tell us about where we are? So we, you know, we talked with Jeremy a couple of weeks ago. I don't know, maybe a month ago now. It seems, I don't know when we talked to him. And, time and I, now is time has no meaning to me anymore, yeah. except just measured by gray hairs in my beard. <laughs> and I, and you know, I've we've spoken with them a couple times, uh, you know, kind of off mic. But what what can you share with us about about the status? I know that you know he he said that the that the group, um, I believe this was on the one hundred and nine pod that he had a conversation with them, and he said that the the working group had come back together um, and and started kind of talking again. What what can you share about where we are and where the club is in their plans? Yeah, uh, you know, part of the problem, and I can't remember, this is one of the things where Jeremy and I have discussed this enough that I can't remember if he said this on Jill's podcast or just to me, but, you know, part of the problem with this is that the good news is, is that we're in a lot of very interesting negotiations with third parties who are interested in uh, sponsoring or uh, helping out with training and those sort of things, which is great because that makes it so much more sustainable and such a part of the club. But the bad news is, is that means there's very little we can say because there's all these things that are being negotiated. And we can't say, well, XYZ Corporation wants to be the kit sponsor <laughs> uh, because that's not that's not been decided yet. So that does put us in an annoying spot, but you know, there is a lot going on. We do have um, a standing meeting now. It's actually the day before the regular board meeting, which is nice because, you know, the people in the working group can talk it over. And then the very next day we can bring you know, a very good summary of what we discussed to the board. And it's not as much of uh, rehashing issues. So I, you know, recent, fairly recently, uh, UWS and uh, NISA announced kind of a, a partnership. And, and, you know, maybe I know I know you can't take your board hat off because you're, you're always a board member. So but personally, do, do you feel that CFC? Um, do you think we should be looking at the pro game? Do you think we should be looking we should be looking first at uh, at the amateur game? So. I will say from the board point of view that we are not decided yet. And I think we are very carefully looking at all the options. I do think that um, with everything that happened with NPSL, it opened up the board's eyes to what are the things that you should be looking for when you're entering a new league? <laughs> what are the key factors in terms of how sustainable is this going to be? Who's coming in? You know, a big factor for us right now is just the geography of it. You know, it's, it's all well and good if we join this UWS pro league, but if we're in Chattanooga and the other teams are all on the West coast, that doesn't do anyone any good. <laughs> it doesn't do CFC good and it doesn't do anything for UWS either. So there's so much influx right now that, you know, I know that Jeremy is in pretty constant contact with the MD over at UWS who is overseeing this. I think around now they're going to be talking to U.S. Soccer about the accreditation process. So learning more about that will be huge. Uh, taking off my board hat, which is still board-esque, but right. um, I'm going to do something I don't usually do. 
you and make a favorable comparison to Manchester United. Oh. For years and years, I know it's it's hard, but um, for years and years, people were saying, you know, oh, it's so, you know, it's BS that Manchester United doesn't have a women's team. And then when they did, that they were in, in the second division, and that's so awful. But then they went up to the Super League, and they're killing it. And so I think, to a certain extent, if we need a year or two in amateur league just to get this back into shape, especially in you know these first few years when a lot of the landscape is going to be changing, if that's what's good for us to build a sustainable team, then that's what we need to do. If we can go into pro immediately and do it sustainably, great. At this point, there's just there's a lot of unknowns, but I also think that there is – no shame in taking your time. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm with you on this, uh, Claire, because I, I think uh, from my perspective, I would actually rather start out as amateur because I feel like there's so much more commitment with moving to the pro game. Uh, and if you stay amateur, it kind of gives you, uh, I hate to say kick the can down the road, but it lets things play out a little more. And you see which one of these leagues uh, maybe has better options for CFC and, and how it's going to go. Uh, I just think that kind of putting all your eggs in the pro basket right from the beginning. Uh, I think there's a lot of risk, especially when you, like you said, you go back and you look at these leagues that are forming. Like if, if we're on an island, it doesn't do any good. So uh, I'm, me and you are on the same page on this. I don't know if Jim is. Jim, I th- no, I think, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's a it's a, like a ramp, right? You you could kind of ramp up and start in the summer. That's a tried and true thing, and we've already done that with the men's game. So you yeah, know, you know, that's that's just it. The you know, I don't think it would if we didn't go pro immediately. I don't think it would be as long a process as it was for the men's to become pro, right. but. It is a process, and I think one thing that I didn't realize coming in when I went to that first meeting and said, women's team, what's happening, is that you know, I sort of thought this was like switching on a light, <laughs> that we go from no women's team to women's team, and you know, I didn't realize that the previous iteration of CFC women was so separate from everything else. So when it left, it took all this institutional knowledge with it, and so it's first of all, relearning all of this and learning it across the board so that everyone in the organization knows it, and then also building it underneath CFC so that it isn't its own, doing its own thing off on its own and then can leave. And that just takes a while. You know? and, and like I said, it's all in the process of building something that will stick around going forward. I mean, we could have slapped something against the wall in late 2019 and hoped for the best and Obviously, they wouldn't have played regardless because of COVID, but, you know, I just, I'd rather take some extra time and do it right than say, oh, we're going to have a women's team just for the sake of having one. So what do you think the, what do you think this statement will be? So I, I think it's a win. It's not an if. So when the, when the women's team comes back, what, what do you want that women's team to say about the club and to kind of what, and speak to Chattanooga? about what CFC is about. So what, what do you see the role of the women's team is going to be in making CFC even more Chattanooga's club? Yeah, I think I want us to be doing what's right for Chattanooga. And that's not always just about games. You know, CFC has never been just about games. And I think, you know, one thing that we are really concentrating on 
in conversations we've been having with some of the potential partners is really upping that training component of being able to provide very strong training for female players of all ages. And, you know, that's good for the community and it's good for CFC's profile and Chattanooga's profile. And I think it's just, it's more of that holistic approach that it's not just going to be 11 women on a field once a week, that it's going to be something that goes through the community and is going to be there for years and years to help not just train players, but to provide a resource to people. So I've got one quick little follow-up and I'm going to spin it just a little bit. You know, we, we, at the, you know, the, over the summer, there was a lot of focus put on social justice, social justice issues around police violence, around, uh, you know, black lives matter movement, et cetera. And our players um, wanted to make a statement and, you know, that, so, you know, there were some things about a game that got postponed and we, and they did the, they did that. I believe, I believe it was a Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening where they, they kind of it shared, was. they kind of shared their experiences on, uh, on a year, you know, like a live YouTube show, which I thought was very poignant. I thought it was very meaningful. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a statement that we were going, there was going to be more that's going to be done. Um, where do you see along the lines of what I just asked about the women's team and what it meant for Chattanooga? What do you, what do you see or what do you think the club is going to be doing going forward um, about those issues? We just saw, I don't know if you, did you watch the AGM, the U S soccer AGM? Uh, well, I, I didn't watch it, but I certainly, you're, yeah, you're aware. I certainly heard. <laughs> right. So, you know, Nisa came out and, and I was appreciative of that. You know, they were the only professional league to come out and say something about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so several uh, Nisa clubs also uh, put out statements and I was, I was happy about that. What do you think, because this issue is not going to go away. What do you think mm-hmm. the club's responsibility is? And, and what do you, and maybe what have you heard from the board level or from players about how we, how we're going to see this move forward into this year? Yeah. Um, we haven't touched on that specifically recently, but I think you and sort of back in the summer, I know CSE was not lightning quick and putting out statements at the same rate that some other teams were. And this is something Jeremy and I have discussed. And, you know, part of it is, coming from the or from a small organization and we don't really have someone who's tasked with that sort of thing. And so a lot of people work on it, but also, you know, we very early on, it became important to take the players lead on this and sort of letting them, letting them respond how they felt was best. And, you know, there's sort of been talk about, back in June, putting out some sort of statement from that, from the players specifically or a video, or they had done some volunteer work and taking pictures and they were just like, no, we don't want that, which is their prerogative. And we respect that. And so I think we're trying to let the players not dictate the response exactly, but what's important to them is working with organizations like Operation Get Active and working in the community through those sort of programs and they think that that's of, you know, sort of how they want to address a lot of these issues. So I think you'll definitely see once we can hopefully do more (laughs) big activities, uh, definitely I think a renewed focus on that as one way of how we can work with the community 
on these sort of issues, but I think it's just a lot of it is rethinking what it means to be a club. And I think not that there had been a stick to sports mentality. I definitely not, but just a, well, obviously we disagree with what was said at the AGM sort of thing. So we don't need to say that because people know that we disagree and there's no reason to put together a statement. And I think it is very like, no, you know, we're a pro team. We have a bigger profile and we have to be more diligent about using it. Yeah, and I, we've reached out. We've reached out to uh, Richard Dixon, and I think we'll be having a conversation with some of the players. You know, he he shared, you know, in in conversation with him about about coming on the pod. He, you know, he said, "Hey, you know, the players are have, they just got back this week, and yeah, so, you know, so the, a lot of this, I think, we'll we'll see we'll see some movement as we get into the season. So I, I certainly understand that. I just it's um it's something that has stayed on my mind, uh, and mm-hmm. and I believe. You know, there are a lot of folks in the community who, and a lot of supporters who want to see uh, CFC take a leadership role, and I think it's I think it's admirable to let the players take the lead. Um, and uh, you know, so we'll be talking more with them, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll see some you know, yeah. see kind of what what's going on with the club in the future. I just want to kind of kind of on a similar topic. Uh, you know, we talk about diversity and representing Chattanooga uh, as a, as a club. And it's been brought up before that maybe the stands aren't necessarily reflective uh, on a game day of the overall Chattanooga and and even greater Chattanooga area in terms of uh, the people we see in the stands. Um, Can you share with us anything that you know that or has that been brought up to the board? Uh, Just uh, try to increase the interaction and engagement from with the club uh, into uh, some some of the other communities, uh, like the Hispanic community, the black community, uh, and, and trying to get more of, uh, of those people represented in the stands. Yeah. You know, we have talked about it some just in terms of recruiting a little bit of just, you know, there are um, great players in Dalton who are Hispanic. And, you know, if we sign more of these players, that would get more of their community um, yeah, I guess they'd have to make the from Dalton, but you know, get them to come out. And you know, I think it is something that concerns us that you want it to be that you want the, your fans to represent what your community actually looks like. And you know, I think also in pre-COVID times, you know, the more people you can get to the game to a game, the better. <laughs> so there's also, like with a lot of things, there's also a self-serving motive behind that. But, you know, I do think that definitely trying to get a more representative crowd is important. And, you know, we see in a lot of ways how that happens is if you recruit players, then that is a better way to get, or that is a way to get people to come. Yeah. You're definitely plucking my heartstrings when you're talking about, you know, players uh, from Dalton, because uh, as listeners to the podcast know, there's a Dalton's my, it's where I'm from. And, and I grew up playing in the, uh, uh, Mexican league there. So I've seen so much talent go overlooked in that community over the past 25 years. You know, the idea that, you know, we just signed <clears throat> two kids uh, from uh, Dalton high school and Southeast high school. Uh, just, I, I mean, my heart just, uh, it just overwhelmed with, with pride and uh, for, yeah. for, the, for my, for the community and, uh, and, and actually for the Hispanic community there, because uh, like I said, I've just seen that, that, them overlooked so many times and I, I've 
I've waited for the day that uh, that they were given that opportunity through CFC. And so I can go right on, you know, go tell everybody, hey, did you see what my club did? Like, we, we signed local players, you know, from Dalton. Like, they're not overlooked anymore. Like, these, you know, I, w- I want CFC to be the uh, a way for, for those kids to look up, you know, to look to CFC and be like, you know, this is this is an option for me. Yeah, no, it was it was so great seeing their signing pictures. It just made me happy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's another thing we we're I think we want to reach out to the the North Georgia soccer and talk to them about the you know how that came about, how those players got connected, and and the conversations that happened, and what that means for the future of of the of soccer in North Georgia and, and the relationship between them and uh, and CFC. Yeah, because I'm trying to think when. And I don't even know if it predated me, but I feel like, you know, sort of early 20, late 2019, early 2020 was when we started talking about Dalton and North Georgia soccer. And, you know, like you said, there are great players there who have been overlooked. So, you know, it's a win-win for CFC. So we can uh, flip this over to something a little more uh, lighthearted, um, or I, I guess I've been on some heavy topics, I think. So, uh, but kind of... Um, what has surprised you the most in your position? Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess it's very corny to say how nice everyone is. <laughs> Not that I expected everyone to be horrible monsters, but just when I've every time that I've been to some sort of um, CFC related event, everyone's just so lovely. And the first time I met Coach Fuller, I happened to be wearing this. Um, bright gold jacket and then I saw him a week later and I was wearing silver shoes and he introduced me and said this is Claire she's always wearing something shiny (laughs) (laughs) which was just so nice and not what I expected so but yeah everyone's just like I said it's a very Pollyanna response but everyone's just so lovely well let me let me ask you this uh this is a platform from you also to speak to the supporters and not just for us to you know sit here and you know berate you with questions what would you like for the supporters uh, to know uh, that that maybe, uh, you know, you want them to know in terms of like what you uh, can offer them, like what you, whether they're not, a, you know, engaging you, whether they're not engaging you enough or you'd like to see more of something? Yeah, um, I think especially as we are starting to go into the tournament in April. Um, I would just love to hear from people about how they're feeling about going to the tournament because I will be perfectly honest. I plan on watching, but I don't know if that's going to be from in the state here in my home because I can barely think ahead to two weeks from now. <laughs> so a month and a half is um, pretty extreme. And so I'd love to hear from people about, you know, if you're thinking about going, you know, what, precautions do you want to see or if you're not going why and just how people are feeling about being outdoors at games again because I think you know the run of games we had in the summer feels almost like it was a sort of magical moment when cases were so down and then you know everything went up again so horribly in the winter and you know I'm sure that having seen that surge is hard for people and makes them not sure if they want to get out to games and you know, yeah, I just would really like to hear from people about how they're feeling going into this tournament and, you know, if they've bought a season pass or if they haven't, why not? And I won't give them the hard sell. I'm, I'm very bad at hard sell. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just from just would like to hear about that. And even if you have just a question that's sort of administrative about, I tried to buy an annual pass and the link didn't work. 
I can't fix that, but I can point you towards the person who can. So, you know, anything that you want to reach out to me about, you know, please do. And I do think that right now the combination of tournament and pandemic that is hopefully on the downswing is on everyone's mind. So if they have any questions or thoughts they want to share, you know, please do email me or DM me. You know, I try to remind people and I mean, it happens, you know, I'll get somebody in my, my, uh, DMs and you know they'll be complaining about something or asking about something and I, and I always like to remind them hey this is what makes our club different like we we own this club we have we have a board rep who can go and speak on our behalf and I, I remind them that they can direct their questions to you it's not like you know a franchise uh, somewhere or you know some giant team where you just kind of scream into some giant void and nobody answers uh, so I, I just once again would like to remind everybody uh you guys can hit claire up on uh twitter at cfc underscore rep and uh you know she's telling you hey ask ask her questions bring your bring your questions to her so uh i really hope you get bombarded now with uh all kinds of questions yeah. including uh <laughs> including my you know what one of my favorite things is that i never get answered is like what food are we gonna have this year like that's oh, where i'm at that's where i'm at with my questions actually- Will there be a that was actually truck? here's another example of when I feel like what example of the board listening to me. I think at the first meeting, and I felt like such a little kid for saying this, but I just said, you know, I think that we should advertise what food trucks are going to be at the game. One hundred percent, absolutely, yes. And you know, a few people are just like, oh, I don't know, and then everyone else is like, actually, that's a good idea. That's a great you know, idea. Oh, absolutely. Like you don't know how many times I've uh, messaged the club like on Friday or game day and said, "Hey, is the taco truck going to be there? Hey, is this going to be there? Hey, is... because if I'm bringing people down, I need to figure out whether I need to go early and try to get food before I go, or if I mm-hmm. want to eat there. So yeah, and I would I would definitely like to see uh, food trucks. I mean, I know food trucks are kind of like blowing up now, so I'd like to see even more of them uh, at the stadium. I think that's a a nice touch. Yes, I will definitely make a note to ask about that. If only for myself. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a promotion slash marketing slash advertising possibility here that you put oh, out. Definitely. I mean, you put out what you put out what trucks are going to be there in advance. You're telling people who's going to be there. You're you're sharing. You're get you're sharing their brand. Free pub. Yeah, it's free pub. Well, maybe not free. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Um, and I'm saying that gets into sort of sponsorship issues, but <laughs> yeah. um, which that is always a whole whole part of a board meeting. Right. But, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but but I I I, th- I think or leaking the information to the Chattahooligans and the Chattahooligans can put it out. So <laughs> yeah, that could be that could be a something. But yes, the food the food is always very important. I yes. I love Taqueria Jalisco, but there's just something better about it when it's eaten inside Finley. <laughs> I agree. And, you know, I, and I did forget that that is a, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that is a separate thing, right? The, the stadium, the concessions, that's with the stadium. That is not tied yes. in with CFC, So I correct? think that might oh, yeah. be part of the reason why it makes it a little bit difficult. Yeah, um, I didn't think of that. But, but, I mean, I think they usually have a good idea of who's coming. So well, I, on, I, on the I flip side, it is all part of the game day experience, and I would think CFC, uh, by and large, would be, would be concerned about that. Yes. I've spoke most passionately tonight about food at <laughs> about the stadium. Food. I just want that to let the record reflect that. So anything else, Claire, that from the board perspective you feel like would uh, would be good to to get out um, to uh, to supporters? I know that we've got 
there's going to be a little uh, TV show, a little documentary coming up. A docu-series? Yeah. In like... Uh, I'm very excited. In a week, right? March 11th, I believe yeah. is the oh first. Oh my gosh, June. Yeah. So any, anything you want to, anything else, in addition to that, anything else you want to, you want to talk about to the, to both people who listen to the podcast? You know, um, I'm really excited about the documentary. I love a sports documentary. It's probably going to be even better when I know the team in question. Um, so that's coming up. I know they were doing a little bit of last-minute filming for it. Um, last month, we did have a semi-in-person board meeting. Some people went to the offices to be there. Um, I was not able to just because I had back-to-back calls at work. But the documentary crew was doing just some pickup shots of the board meeting to, I think, fill some space. And um, so I might be in the documentary via Zoom. Well, that was my next question. Will you be making a cameo or a a full appearance? Is is that going to be on your IMDb page? Hi. Yes, I hope so. (laughs) Claire Tooley as herself. I'll get my... I'll finally get my SAG card. <laughs> right there, you go. There you go. Maybe you get an invite to you get invite to some of the some of the award shows then. So yeah. Well, you know, so I'm very worried about this upcoming tournament because on the one hand, um, it's sort of setting up to be a very good birthday for me because my birthday is April 24th, ah. and then the finals are right after that. But I am concerned because I think the finals are going to be the same time as the Oscars. <laughs> And those are my two great loves battling it out. <laughs> Listen, you can come up into the press box, bring your laptop, you can watch the game. Yeah. You can watch the game and watch the Oscars online. That may end up being the solution. And yeah. I'm sure I'm in a very slim Venn diagram of people who have that problem. It might just be me and my sister. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and you could you could probably you could probably now that t- now betting is legal in Tennessee, you could probably lay some money down on both of those events at the same time. Oh. Yeah, it's it's going to be a great weekend. It might just have might involve some double screens. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've already planned ahead. I've already uh, requested days off from work for the potential final the and, and other games. Yeah, the Oscars. <laughs> yes. I guess if I'm on, I'm on the same diagram. You take time off. <laughs> it, yeah, I uh, I I don't I don't think I take them as seriously as you do. I'm just gonna I'm just guessing. That's so. probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, a uh, quick, quick question. Uh, it, it is a election season of sorts. Just had a presidential election, and now we have uh, Tim Kelly uh, running. Just out of curiosity, and I don't, I don't even know if I've ever asked this. If Tim Kelly wins uh, the mayor, is there any like conflict of interest, like sitting on the stadium board, be, like being? So majority- he's not on the stadium board anymore. Okay. And um, I think, and you know, this is, I think we had discussed him rolling off the CFC board, but don't quote me on that. Okay. We don't have to quote you on it. It's recorded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I can't remember because that was so be- very long ago yeah, that I, I could have I believe he, that with him rolling off. Yeah. The, yeah I believe he board. mentioned that. I, I, at least I know that, you know, the, is, is he the, is he still the chair of the board? Is he the? He is, and you know, we had been talking about him. He had been talking about transitioning out of chair anyway. Yeah. I certainly, to a certain extent, I hope that if he were mayor, he would be too busy. Yes. <laughs> to would, a certain extent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got. There's a lot of potholes he's going to have to fill. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm sure that's what he's going to be spending his time. I'm on. just talking about his commercials. About, ah, yes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I I think he's I think he's addressed it at some point. I, I it seems like I read somewhere that that he addressed it or or it's been addressed somewhere that that he would um he would step down or you know because I, I do think there there is some um, you know there would be a, a conflict of interest there and I don't I don't anticipate him you know continuing in a situation that is that he knows is a conflict so i think I yeah think, yeah so, I, I, and, and i you know this is one of the things i think we discussed back when he was telling us he was going to run but the chattanooga mayoral season lasts longer than the u.s presidential election yes, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, but at the same you know, time i think, I I think jeremy is, i think jeremy addressed, addressed it maybe it was a, on maybe as a conversation with the 109 podcast because i forgot to ask when he was with us but um <laughs> because so, we're not good podcasters. No, we're not good podcasters. I now have mentioned them twice. That's okay. That's not that's not good marketing either to mention your competition. I mean, we're losing we're losing like lots of change. We're losing dollars just left and right right now. They're yeah, all going over nickels. to those guys. So, on the on the topic of uh elections, uh you mentioned that your um uh your position is a is a 2-year uh, appointment. Uh, that will expire. You said in August. Uh, do you plan on running again, or better, do can you run again? Uh, I don't know if I can run again. I do not think that I will because I think it is, you know, it's a two-year term, and I think it's not set up to be like governor or president for life or anything like that. And I think the point is to get diverse voices in. And if I'm on there for too long, then that stops being diverse. <laughs> and, you know, I think also, you know, it's in a way it's, I'd like to run again just because I feel like I got kind of a bum <laughs> first year at it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I kind of feel the same way about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think, um, I'm excited to see who would run again and to be able to just tell them how, what my experience was like and talk to them about that. But I think that this role sort of loses its point if it's the same person every single term. Well, maybe, maybe I'll do like the governor of Virginia where they can serve two terms, but they can't be consecutive. Uh, okay. <laughs> maybe I'll be back in okay. 2025. <laughs> okay. I, I was just gonna say, you know, this this feels very George Washington. You know, she's the she's the first, so now she's setting precedent for everybody, yeah. everybody else. You're gonna be our, you're gonna be our George Washington, and and your he and I are compared so often. <laughs> which is, I just need you to know that means your last speech is going to be very, 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 very important. It's gonna be setting, but, or it's, it's gonna be my last tweet. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But you know, it, it, we're joking. We're joking about this kind of. But at the same time, you have faced challenges uh, that probably your your people that follow you are not going to face. I, at least I hope not. I hope we don't have an, another no, pandemic yeah, in the, a pandemic in the next hundred years. So I, I really I, I feel bad that that you've had that challenge and you really hadn't been able to focus on you know the position. Uh, but at, and then you know, you are going to be the answer to a trivia question one day. Oh, yeah. Uh, when yeah. they Like when they make the 30 for 30 about CFC, and they will, uh, then you're going to be uh, the answer to a trivia question. Like, and you might, you, you, might be, you might be, you might be an answer, maybe you would be an answer on Jeopardy. Uh, full circle. That would, it would be coming full circle for me. <laughs> full <Right>. circle. <laughs> I remember that story. So I, that's why, that's why I threw that in there. Uh, well done. Any, anything else, Todd? Are, you, are we... 
No, I just say, Claire, thanks a lot for coming on with us. And, and Hey, you know, I know the first year was, was kind of rough, but you know, from, from my perspective, I wish you all the best in uh, your remaining time. And uh, I look forward to seeing, uh, you know, what you can do. And I even know, even this year, you're going to have like limitations uh, in terms of, I mean, we're still dealing with this. Uh, I know we, we go out and we do things, uh, but you know, we're still dealing with limitations and, and what you're going to be able to do with fan interaction and that sort of thing. But uh, wish, wish you all the best and uh, look forward to uh, what, what you got in store for us. Yeah, and guy Joe, I'm in good company. My um, one of my close colleagues, she joined the Tivoli board around the same time I joined CFC. So we've both had. Oh my gosh! <laughs> we've both not had the experience that we thought we were going to have. Right? Yeah, I bet. Yeah, this is not the year to be on the Tivoli board. <laughs> yeah. So at least I I have someone. It's a niche position to be in, but I have someone to commiserate with. <laughs> Well, Claire, again, I'll just say, you know, thanks for spending some time with us. And, uh, you know, maybe after, you know, after the end of the season or after maybe maybe around August, maybe at the end of your term, we'll have you back on to wrap up the the full two years and maybe have you and the new person if they're if you are not the on and and talk a little bit. Yeah. So uh, and I'll try to remember that. I'll put it down. so, and hopefully, like Todd said, there won't be another pandemic that will yeah. throw, throw a wrench into those plans. But it was a pleasure talking yeah, with you. And, uh, so good talking to you all, yeah, too. Yeah. Have a good evening. You, too. Bye, Claire. Bye. Welcome back to the 423 Soccer Podcast. This is a great footballer. Hey, thanks again to Claire for coming on with us uh, and giving us her perspective on what's happened over the past 18 months as the CFC board rep. Jim, your thoughts? I was going to catch up with her a little bit. You know, there was, we were supposed to do this March of last year. It's true. Or We April. only delayed it a year. So. Yeah, April, I guess, would have been. Whatever, whenever we were done with that spring season. And so... Yeah, we just postponed it a year, and I mean, not much has happened in between. No. So, hey, and I'm I'm giving everybody almost a, uh, a not a free pass, but a pretty good a pretty good pass on on the past year, especially if your area was anything uh, related to uh, PR or anything like that. I mean, it's just it was just a rough year. Um, so, hey. I think I'm looking forward to seeing uh, uh, how our board member, how Claire interacts with us this year. Uh, I really think things are going to start opening up. I mean, I mean, we we don't all have to go Texas style on it, but you know, you know, reasonably, <laughs> right? Like, you know, right? Yeah, I mean, like yeah. I will be at the game. I'll just yeah. I think, but I think you heard her say that she's not. She's a little disappointed in the way she communicated. So I, I mean, I think she realizes. You know, we've heard some some complaints about you know, lack of communication, but I think that goes, and I didn't go into this because I don't want to put her on the spot answering for other board members, but I, I mean, the board itself doesn't really communicate much at all with, you know, as a, as a, as an, as a group, 
Sure. I mean, I, you know, they really do that. You know, it's through, it's, through, it's through Jeremy, through the club. And I don't know how much of what the board does that supporters, even supporter owners are really aware of. And now they may say, well, that's Claire's job. Or that's this, this, this person's job is to relay what the board is doing to the supporters. I think that's just going to have to, as Claire said, this is a new position. We didn't know what, you know, she really, there was no, no book to, to, uh, you or know, to as go you by. put, she's George Washington. She's George Washington. So I'm sure she appreciates that comparison. <laughs> yeah, she's George Washington. So that means that future people who hold this position are, are able to look back and use kind of her experience and maybe things she did well and things she didn't do well, and they can learn from that and don't make those same mistakes. They're fortunate in that way where she was just, you know, she was here trying to figure out. Yeah, figure and, out and speaking of fortunate, I mean, let's just talk for a second, like how uh, fortunate the CFC fan base is to have two podcasts and, uh, well, no, this is... Why are you mentioning that? I mean, you're like, because this, this is, this is I'm, I'm being very sincere about this. I have two podcasts uh, and other media outlets where there is a way, like if you want to know something from the club, and Jeremy is very uh, engaged with us. He's never backed down from questions. Uh, and the team in general is, is that way. So if as a supporter, like you want to know something, there are multiple outlets for you to go to to get those answers and you know and we we ask you on on twitter you know like what do you want us to ask who do you want us to talk to and these people have never the club has never been shy about giving answers uh you know within reason so you we're in a really good situation here to have multiple fronts to be able to ask questions and uh and and get answers as a supporter like I, i don't I can't think of another example in the sports world where you have this much access to uh, uh, club leadership. No, I mean, I think that's, that's a lower league. It's a lower league kind of thing in soccer, um, but not every club, but I think it's, it's, it's more, it's almost, it's, it is somewhat of an expectation, especially in the lower leagues that you have that, that access. And I think they, they do a wonderful job of providing maybe access that some other folks don't get completely um so but i I do i do since you kind of mentioned them and i mentioned them twice i will say breezy i do listen i heard you and i agree that we probably need to get together and do a joint podcast like we did at the end of the at the end of the um um, what was the members cup megapod yeah we'll do a megapod maybe after the tournament all right, maybe do kind of a summary of, of the tournament, of how we thought it went, all the games, talk about the games and all that kind of stuff. So I'm here. I hear you, Jeremy. I li- not Jeremy, uh, uh, Breezy. I listen. You don't, you said you don't think I listen. I do. Um, and uh, yeah, well, I agree. We do need to get together. We got other stuff to talk about. Other stuff to talk we about. We got news. They, um, yesterday, they dropped a little nugget of information that we will be playing an MLS team in the preseason. The MLS. Yeah. A, a, a team from the MLS. <laughs> yes, the MLS. That's one of my fa- Do you have a pet peeve about that? Well, I mean, I, it's just MLS. I, mean, I, I, yeah. I don't know that I care one way or the other. I do. Or, it, does, it does catch my ear every time someone yeah, says it. But I, I like that it annoys certain MLS people. So for that reason, I will refer to it as the MLS. But we, um, 
for reasons of saltiness. <laughs> Atlanta United FC. The they're not really the five stripes this year. They're more like the five strings. Have you seen the have you seen their new jersey? No. Yeah, instead of like they have little little itty bitty stripes. Interesting. I, yeah, I don't I don't like it too much, but I don't, it's not our, it's not our it's kit. not ours. So I don't really care. Uh, so yeah, we're we're playing them away down there in Georgia, March twenty fourth, and then the next day, and I guess they were kind of forced to renounce that because Atlanta Atlanta sent put out their schedule. I don't know if the timing of it, but Atlanta put a schedule out yesterday that had us on it. So they were probably like, well, crap, Atlanta, we need to go ahead and announce this. And we'll announce the rest of our schedule the next day. And so today, which is the next day from yesterday, that's how that works. Thanks. I was confused. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, The club announced the rest of the preseason. And so we will be, Away to Birmingham Legion, March 13th. Home to KSA. What's KSA? Kalanji. Kalanji Soccer Academy? Yes. They are also in Durham. Not also. Birmingham's not in Georgia. But that is in Georgia. Right? What did you say? Marietta. Marietta. So just north of Atlanta. We'll be playing them on the 20th at home. Those Both of those are closed door. The Atlanta United friendly is also closed door but on april 3rd <laughs> they will be home to home, home and, and be open fans are welcome what fans are welcome to and we will play Louisville city Louisville. Louisville. Louisville city louisville yeah louis louisville louisville, louisville. louisville. so um yeah, so USL Championship side. It'll be the return of Niall McCabe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. That little, little reunion. Oh, he's already tweeted about it. Reunion. Oh, has he? Yes, I he's already tweeted about it. So recognizing that uh, he's coming to his rightful yeah, home. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. And, you know, Jeremy's got a little history with Louisville. What, yeah. what kind of history? Well, I mean, he was at St. You Louis. Have to, and, you might have to explain this. He was at St. Louis, and St. Louis and Louisville – have a rivalry and I've seen pictures of Jeremy sharing his thoughts about Louisville with the St. Louis fans. I've seen some pictures. So, um, yeah, so there's a little bit of history there. There's, I think some of the St. Louis fans have said, Hey, why don't we do a road trip? So we could have, depending on what occupancy is, we could have a pretty decent crowd on April 3rd. And as you said, before we started recording, this is probably what the flagship franchise without a doubt right now with USL without with, a doubt. They have the stadium. Uh, they have, I mean, for all intents and purposes, like they, they're, if, if you're looking at the USL and like, who's doing it right. If you can look at the USL and say they're <laughs> doing it right. I mean, they have great supporters. The least they, wrong. They're doing know, it the, the least, least wrong. wrong. <laughs> No, in all seriousness, they had great support there. Uh, they've built they've built that club from the from the ground up, and uh, I mean they got I mean the the team wins. They've won championships, so uh, yeah. And it's not it's not lost on me that Jeremy brought them up when we talked to him. I believe I believe that I don't know. I've heard him talk about this a couple of times when I talked with him about do we go pro or not pro with the women's game? You know, because of the announcement with UWS. 
you know, he said, he, he said, Hey, not a lot of clubs do that. Not a lot of clubs have a professional men's and a professional women's team. So we need to talk to people like Louisville, Louisville city. city. And, and so I, I have to think that, that this is part of an ongoing conversation with them to see, I, I, you know, I, I think that's part, that's part of it. Um, and you know, it's a club that has a professional or will have a professional women's team as well as a professional men's team. And I think, I don't think, you know, we talked about this with Claire a little bit. I don't think that's where we're going to start. I, mean, I I think we all agree that that's not, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, you know, Jeremy asked me, I think at one point, do you think, or do you want, do you think we should start with a pro? And I'm like, I, I don't know that we I should. Just think it, I just think it overcommits you to the league you're going into. And there's no like true established women's league, right. even, even at the highest levels in this country. Like we saw, you know, the old women's soccer league, like go under and then it had yeah. to be reborn. Like there's, there's no stable system here yet. Uh, thank you. U.S. soccer. And so, <laughs> you know, committing to a pro league just seems, especially given like the, and, and they said they're inquiring about what the, um, I guess the uh, requirements are uh, for league stat, you know, to get um, admission as a sanction, D1, sanction, yeah, thank you, D1, D2, D3, yeah. whatever. So, I mean, D2 women's is a lot like D3 men's in terms of PLS. Oh, well, we're talking, not really, yeah, we're with, yeah, with PLS, it's a lot like, it's a lot like D3 in the men's game. So I just think it overcommits you to to the league system. But which right now it fits. So not like at the pro am, if you want to. That's what UWS calls it. Like the pro am game fits really nicely into into the summer. The end of the you know we have a spring season over. Fit in the women's t- the women's season and then catch up with the men's team back in the fall, with um, some independent cup action in between. To I, I think I think that makes like it fits nicely, like you it said. It fits nicely. But man, you know, the, it kind of reinforces what Jeremy said. It really makes supporting a club like CFC a 365 kind of endeavor, like which it should be anyway. But this really makes it like a 12 month. So it makes it like the rest of the world. <laughs> Is that what you're well, telling me? Well, I mean, not really. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, the you know, they take time. They take time off because they all use the unified. They all use the same calendar. Yeah, but the only thing that'd be different is when the women's uh, play their games. That'd be the only difference in the summer, and that's usually when European leagues get time off. Yeah, a whopping right. like eight weeks. Right, right. And then, but then that's when the European fans just focus solely on like the transfer market. Yeah, <laughs> and it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, SEC country, like right. Yeah. Like the, you only have, the you se- have two seasons. Season, yeah, yes. football season and recruiting season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we don't. Alabama well, recruiting, fans don't have to really worry system, about that. The recruiting season is three times as long as the as the regular season, <laughs> but somehow right. like they manage. So right. So yeah. So Birmingham. Well, overall, what's your, what's your feel on the ske- on the preseason? There's a lot of USL there. There's the, a lot of. <laughs> it, it, do you think that's the strongest preseason schedule we've played? Uh. Well. So. Um. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, you throw in an MLS team in there. So, two. What? Three years ago. Oh, two. Years, it wasn't three years ago. It was like like last. It was like the. It was just last year, uh, the the preseason before the Oakland game. We played Birmingham and Memphis and a college. I can't remember who we played. I don't remember the college. But we played a college team, then we played two USL championship teams. Right. So that was probably the most significant preseason we had had because, you know, we, you know, outside of – playing the international friendlies we used to play before the season in the summer. 
So of taking a, you know, four teams, you've got two championship clubs, franchises, you've got an MLS franchise. And then I don't know much about KSA. And, uh, you know, you know we, we would anticipate being pushed really hard for the other three games. And you would anticipate that's a game where we should control the, we control the match. Um, I think this is better. No offense to our friends at, you know, with Soda City and um, uh, Savannah. All right, let me, let me, I know where you're going this with this. Is a, this is a better, this is a better ramp up to get them ready for the speed of the game that they're going to see in a tournament. What? Okay, let me be devil's advocate here. I look at those teams, uh, KSA aside, I look at Birmingham, Louisville, Louisville, Atlanta. What if those teams are, are, push us to the point where we really don't get to play our game and all we can do is sit in a defensive posture for 90 minutes in each game. Does that really help us? Well, I, I got to think you, well, I mean, if first team on first team in a competitive match, that's probably what that you would probably, that's what you would see. But in a friendly where they're going to be rotating and we're going to be rotating. And I think it'll be, I think they'll, you know, we'll be able to play a little bit more. I mean, that's what you saw. I mean, in Birmingham, in the Birmingham and, and the Birmingham match and the Memphis match last year, we were able to play a little bit, um, maybe a little bit more in the Memphis game than we were in the Birmingham game. But we, we, were, we were able to play a little bit. And I, th- I think you have to push your – I mean, you have to – there's really – you know, there's no middle ground. I mean, I I didn't think we – could, we could not play the way we were – we couldn't play against Savannah and against Soda City like we were going to need to play against Detroit or against um, the former, the former West Coast team, or um, you know, right? <laughs> or you know, be, because we we controlled it so much, we we weren't we didn't play like remember remember those two games like we right. were flying up and down the flanks and and. And there were crosses, like diagonal crosses, to the to the far post, and that is not at all how we played the rest of the season, right? Because we couldn't, we just could, we didn't, we couldn't play that way. Now we played the same formation, the people were in the same place, but those those two games didn't give us the didn't give us a view of how we were going to be playing, and then we got we got a view real quick when we went to Michigan. So I think these games will they will give us a much better idea of what the team will have to do to, um, to win a term. Well, my hope for this is that, you know, we, we get pushed and I think we will, but I hope that we push those teams as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and more, most importantly, don't get injured, get out injury free. That's right. I mean, you know, there's going to be injuries. You just hope it's, you know, little strains and sprains and, and nothing major. Um, and, and that we make it to the tournament uh, healthy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because we know even in we the did t- not make it to last turn the last tournament healthy. Well, and then even through the tournament, we suffered injuries even yes. in the tournament. And and I don't know if that was from fatigue or not enough fitness or the games being so close together. It's you never know about these things. But yeah, just hope we get through. So we have schedule ish ish, and then we have. A couple of with what? Well, four actually, hey, okay. You say we have a schedule ish. No, we actually know what's coming up. We're we're gonna get the preseason, and then we're gonna have the tournament. Yeah. Now, just because we don't know like our pod in the tournament and who's gonna right. be there, we know the dates. So you saw you saw my, uh, my like my question about what the pods will look like. 
like putting it, you know, three, right, three, t- three groups of three. What do you think about? What do you think? How do you think? Because the protagonist, to mention another podcast that's not us, they did. They talked about um, kind of what they thought those pods may be, and they, they, and I didn't think about this because I was just thinking east, middle, and west. If if we don't seed them somehow, and I seeded them just because I want the three groups to be fairly. And you got the time. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I don't have a life. I, uh, I but I, I want the I want the groups. I did not feel that la- the the two groups in the fall tournament. I don't even think they were really, really well balanced. So the I want the three of three, the three groups of three to be a balance. So I tried to split up the top three teams, split the three new teams, and then come up with some way of splitting the middle three. But they and protagonists that they had three West Coast. So you've got um, San Cal, Diego, yeah, Cal, San Diego, Cal United, and LA Force. Force, yeah. And then they did instead of going just straight like center of the country east, they did north south. So they did Michigan, um, Detroit, and um, New, Amsterdam. New Amsterdam, and then they did. Stumptown, the new Stumptown. Stumptown AC. Stumptown 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> they Stumptown 2 and um, Maryland and Chattanooga. Which, I, now, I'm intrigued by that. Like, because I don't think Stumptown, Maryland, New Amsterdam, Chattanooga, Detroit, Michigan... I don't think those two are balanced at all. At all, no. But I think the going north south, there is there is a pretty decent. Well, balance you there. know, we saw what Maryland had to offer at the end yeah. of the season. A lot, you know, a lot of people out there didn't get to see that, and yeah. we saw it. We saw the talent on the field. We know they're going to be competitive, so I think we can objectively say, you know, that that's fair. Uh, we have no idea what Stumptown is going to be bringing. Right. Uh, neither does anybody else. No. Uh, I think New Amsterdam is going to be much improved. I think they're going to so. be. I think they're much improved. I think. I think they showed. Uh, so I think that's three. I think that's three well balanced. I, you know, yeah, I, I, I believe so Dan Creel was the one who said that on the protagonist. And I, I think that's three well balanced pods. I mean, three and groups. I, yeah, and I just think it just so happens it's balanced. Uh, I mean, you know well, what yeah. I mean? Uh, yeah. And I, I, what I still don't understand is that you've got three groups, and semifinals take four teams. <laughs> so. So I don't know how that fourth team is decided or, I mean, do you do it with three teams? Like the top, top team doesn't play the top team goes to the final. I don't even know how you would do that. You know, they're only playing. I don't have paper. You're only playing two games. Right. Right. So I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how we get from three groups of three to the semifinals. I'm going to leave that to some, somebody else. Well, I'm interested in that. I, <laughs> you're hurting my brain. I don't yeah, have a so I don't, I don't have so, okay, so we, so we know out. that. We know the preseason schedule. And then we've got four new players? Yes. So three three young ones, from two from uh, uh, two, North Georgia. Two from North Georgia Soccer Academy. And one from East Ridge. Who played Correct. at East Ridge? Also played at Atlanta United. And also played at Atlanta United. And I believe is the son 
of a former coach that a son of somebody used to coach in Eastridge. Um, and now he's going to be, he signed with us. We're on an Academy um, contract, which means in a nutshell, they can play with the pros, but they don't lose their eligibility. Right. right. That's the basically what it is. Right. And for those of you who wonder how that works out, they basically uh, think of it like a, uh, like a college athlete. Uh, everything that they go and do with the squad will be covered. Uh, yeah. But they're not going to, I mean, they're, they're not going to get a salary uh, right. or else that would disqualify them. Yeah. I think so, Jeremy talked, talked yeah. about that the first time and, he was and, on and the podcast. That's, and that's good for these kids. I mean, they, they, you don't know what the, their future holds. Uh, so the three players that we have coming on are, uh, Angel Hurtado and Ricardo Bahina. Uh, they are from uh, Dalton, one being from Southeast High School, the other being from Dalton High School. Both prominent high school programs uh, in the state of Georgia have uh, those two programs have both won state champ titles in the last five years. And then uh, uh, Michael Beretta. Uh, the other two players are one midfielder and one defender. And then Michael Beretta is. A goalkeeper. Goalkeeper. Remember, we so, talked about that third keeper. Yeah, you're going to get that third keeper. And I guess the, there, there's now, your third keeper. Yeah, there's the third keeper. So, keeper, we're fine. Uh, defender. We're Still not, need some. We're not fine. We, I mean, you know, we have, we've got three people on the, <laughs> three people on the uh, website that are identified as, as uh, defenders. And I know that, you know, we played kind of a 3 5 2. But I don't like that we only have three defenders. Yeah, I feel well, like I had this on, conversation. If you, if you have last a defender year. go down in that situation, where do you go from there? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I have no, I have no idea. I mean, we've yeah. got other guys that can play. Uh, you know, Kyle Carr played out wide in the back. I just feel the be- better if we had a few more defenders. Yeah, I would really like some more. And I, well, and I think it's just because we we saw it's just a last year we saw it's a it's a war of attrition, yeah. you know, against injuries. Yeah. So, and then uh, we got a ton of midfielders. We talked about, I believe we talked about all the new guys there, and then up top, we have a player that we are familiar with. Yeah, we are kind of familiar with him. We've yeah. seen him before. We've seen him before, and he's from Brazil. Yes, and he now calls Chattanooga home. He calls Chattanooga home and has for a while. Yep, and so so welcome home, Pipe. Pipe Oliveira. Yeah, so right. he's. I mean, you know what? He's Detroit City he, ankles are trembling. That's right. <laughs> Wasn't he the guy in the in the home match? Like absolutely trucked a guy. I like early, pretty early in the match, just went in like two footed. Off the ground, took him out, and I don't think it was even carted. You know what? You got you got to set the tone. <laughs> which I think Detroit City fans still like are a little salty about, which just means that. I like yeah, it. Well, you know but what? That was well, him. You right? Do you remember I'm that? St- I'm still salty about Alan Webb getting taken down that the box. True. All right, so well, like, he wasn't, cram it. He wasn't in the box, but they didn't even call a foul. No, they did not. They did not. Call, she did not call a foul. That is true. Nor did the linesman. You said she, but also the linesman. You know why I know? Because I saw the linesman. He was looking straight down the line where he was running, not at the game. <laughs> I remember you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe that – I believe Pipe is the one that had that, that – again, I mean, you know, mentioning our friends on the 109, I mean, fouling is winning, right? That's what they say. That's what, that's what they so say. this guy, I mean, it's Pipe in and around the box. Like, we, we know he can score from, like, some really obscure angles. I mean, all he needs is a touch on the ball. Yeah. Uh, so, and you're going to bring uh, experience up there. The guy's been playing uh, MPSL and then through the 
but I, I have the same feeling with him that I had when I heard Zeka was going to sign. And what's your feeling? Which is, okay, is this, is he ready to go up this level? Like, sure. And, and with Zeka, I was like, proven that I'm an idiot, which is not hard to prove. I don't think you prove you're an idiot. I mean, I, if you, if you understand the professional game and you see a player and their job is to score goals and, and, def- and, and you've seen them do it at one level, then, you know, it's not. I think it's a normal question, and, yeah. and I have the same question about Pipe. It's yeah. like, can he elevate his game? Like he's, I mean, because it requ- this is going to require a whole nother level of commitment. You know, we know he has experience. Like, what's, you know, and and he he does. He's one of those players that tie in the old CFC with the new mm-hmm. CFC. So he's yeah. going to have that experience for these new players. And I know one in. thing about him though: he will work his butt off. Like his work, I no, no question his work rate. Well, so. and it's it's just like having Zeke in the locker room. Having yeah. Pipe mm-hmm. in the locker room yeah. is going to set an example. And for these new guys coming in, like they're going to look to him like, "Well, how's it done here?" Well, he's going to show you how it's done here. Yeah. And uh, so I'm thrilled. Yeah. I'm, but I, you know, I have the same kind of questions I had with Zeke, and I hope that he comes in and makes me look like a fool again, which you know is going to happen. <laughs> so. Yeah, me too. It's like you know, you don't you don't know. Like we've. I mean, who knows? You just don't, I don't know. Maybe he scores five backhill goals. Yeah, well, but it's the same way. We don't, you know. Yeah, I don't. No, no offense Mar- to Marcus. Marcus. We, we don't know. We don't know how many goals yeah. you're going to score. We don't We don't yeah. know how many Brian's going to score this year. Although, yeah. we saw a track record last year. Mm-hmm. The guy scores goals. And I do think that Pipe is going to be interesting as a partner, as a partner, you know, like a two up front, or if we do a 4-3-3 three, three, as somebody who's up in the top three, I, he can he can play those roles. So he's not a lone nine. Like he's not, we're not doing a four, two, three, one. And he's up there by himself, but I don't think, I don't see us playing that. So. We've also seen him line up behind the quarterback and run between the tackles. <laughs> so I just want to point that out to everybody. So, <laughs> but yes, I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're going to be asking him to do that. I'm just telling you, that's where the guy gets his attitude. So anyway, so that's, that's it. Right. So that, that brings us, if I, if I remember correctly, that brings us to 19 players, 22, when you add the academy kids or the young ones, let's not call them kids, the younger, the baby blues. Yeah, I the think. baby blues. Uh, you like didn't you try to coin that? Or? I did. Yeah. I, okay. I TM'd it, by the way. So oh, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah, the baby blues. So, we're counting them as 22. So that means we're probably looking at two or three more. Right. We, can, we, we have really to need have, to get to 24, 25. Yes. Right? Uh, and we need them at opposite ends of the field. Yeah, we need defenders. <laughs> Up top and yeah, defenders. Defense. Right. Yeah, so I, I still think we, we need about three or four more. So we'll see. And we got some time to do that. Um, we got some time. So. Well, and, you know, there's going to be cuts from other squads, and those players are going to be, become available. And uh, and so we'll, we'll see what they do. So anything else? No, I'm trying to think really hard. It's been a while. It's been a minute since we recorded uh, hopefully, uh, I mean, we can kind of preview, uh, next week. We hope to be recording, uh, with, uh, the head of the North Georgia soccer, uh, Academy. Uh, mm-hmm. uh his name is like right off the top of my head. Kassim Kass- Kassim Kassim, yeah. Kassim yeah. So, uh, we've kind of tried to schedule with him a couple of times and then we found out the, the Academy kids were getting signed. So we wanted to wait till after that. So hopefully next week. Uh, we'll be having an interview with him and, and kind of figure out how that academy integrates with the uh, with with CFC and you know having those two players come up 
Uh, you know, we had heard that there were some players that had been training mm-hmm. uh, with the first team uh, even last year. So, um, so hopefully he can he can provide us some insight to that. So we'll yep. have that coming. We'll be recording that next Tuesday. Yeah, cool. So, Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, is that it for tonight? Uh, I think so. I keep feeling like there's something I'm forgetting, but it's uh, – don't worry. As soon as we stop recording, I'll remember. Yeah, okay. Well, we can – we're going to be recording in just like four or five days, so we can okay. come, we can we can come back to it. Hey, just uh, you know what I've noticed is I feel like there's been some enthusiasm lost. Uh, not not just not not with not just with you and I. I'm not saying that that we're not exciting or, but I feel like this pandemic has drained us. Like just as supporters, I feel like it's drained the the team, the you know the momentum we had that was moving and. You know, I I encourage everybody like when when these games start back, reach out and grab a friend. If there was somebody there at a game, uh, you know, reach out. You know, that was there at a game back in 2019, and you don't see them, and you hadn't. But reach out to them and say, "Hey, are you going to the game? Uh, the friendly against uh, Louisville City? Get them at the game. You know, like let's get these good times rolling again." And, and look, I know not everybody's going to want to come to the game, but and you know what? No shame in that. Okay. Uh, we all have reasons that we may not want to be there live, but otherwise, just reach out to people. Uh, remember, remember who used to sit beside you in the stadium. I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. I I think I think there's but I think I think Louisville fans will travel. Uh, the St. Louis fans, you know, said, "Hey, the road trip," because you know they have that. You know they had that. Um, you know, a little bit of rivalry with Louisville, so I think it's going to be. I think there's going to be some atmosphere in the. Could in the be stadium. a nice culmination of uh, of fan bases. It could yeah. be really interesting. So, uh, and I hope I hope the if the weather's nice, which you know, I mean, why wouldn't you expect the weather to be nice? It's a CFC match, right? right. So, side weather's, of the train. Weather's really never been an issue for us. Nope. So, always sunny in seventy five. That's right. Um, I think I think I'm looking. For, I am really looking forward to it. So hey, hey, reach out to us on. Uh, we'd like to have some more fan interact, you know, some more support interaction. Reach out to us. I mean, we're a little salty. Hey, and by the way, what about uh, you know, Dion said the other day from uh, Detroit. For those of you who don't know, he kind of got at me on Twitter the other day. He said we're not friends. We're not friendly anymore because the season started. Yeah. When was he ever did friendly you, to begin with? Yeah. I mean, did you see my response? I don't think so. Yeah, I said it was like when when did that when did oh, it start? Yeah, like if it's ending, when did it start? Yeah, they've the yeah you know the you know I try to cut them some familiarity slack. I mean, they're, breeds they're, contempt. They're 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 cold all the time. Of course, they're going to be like always <laughs> grumpy. I mean, it's still like the Great White North. So listen, the frenemy thing, and I said this to the moment that the two clubs were announced to, that together to go into Neeson. The frenemy thing was was going to was going to take a hit, sure. Because now you're on now you're uh, now you're on the same table, right? And you know when you only show up in friendlies and you know you know they never really made it really far in the playoffs, so we couldn't really see. Right, we kept <laughs> saying, "Hey, maybe we'll play Detroit." And then and they then, just never were and there. Then they weren't in the playoffs. Yeah, they just yeah, got so. Yeah. so um, so it's really just been friendlies up until recently and and that's going to change the relationship it just it just is and so you know i'm not going to i'm not going to get really you know snarky with them but and and some of them have changed their tune towards us i mean i've i've seen 
Detroit City fans, they got something, they got thoughts about CFC. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, the, the relationship's going to change. I think the personal individual relationships will still be, no, will that, still yeah, be fine. Yeah. But as fan bases, and, and I think the club relationship is probably still as strong as ever. Right. Like, you know, between the, the, the FOs. So the FOs are going to be great. The individual relationships you've got with Detroit City fans, that's fine. I've got some good friends that, that are Detroit City fans. That's great. It's fan bases, uh, you know, I right. think that's going to get strained. But that's what, – what do you expect? I mean, you're competing, and I expect us to be competing with them for championships. You know, I, I that's where I expect us to be. And, and I expect them to be there. And so – if you're fighting and knocking each other out. For the record, though, if they're not there, my feelings won't be hurt. <laughs> so, anyway, the relationship's going to change. I, I think that's just natural. I don't I don't have a real problem with it. Um, like, you know what, like just, Dion, sa- Dion says, you know, he says it that, you know, like like tribalism is good for for your club. And, and it's clear that he believes that if you if you follow the Northern Guard. So, it's, I mean, it's going to be good for the, it's going to be good for the, it's only going to be good for the league if the, if we build those really solid and if those games are, you know, great games on the pitch, it's only, it's only going to be a good thing. So well, that's all I got for tonight. All right. Like Todd said, uh, you know, reach out to us you know, using at four two three soccer pod on Twitter. You could find me at Chattagooter on Twitter. Also, if you wouldn't mind uh, to go on to iTunes or and, and give us a rating and tell us what you like about the show or say bad things about Todd. That's fair. Yeah, and they can find you on the Twitter. Yeah, great footballer, and I'll do better. I am the moderator, generally speaking, of the Facebook account. <laughs> But I don't do so well with that because, well, it's Facebook, people. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Yeah. yeah. But but I'll do better. I, I know some of you out there. I know you're on the, t- the Facebooks, and that's fine. So yeah. I'll, I'll do better. Personal commitment. Right. All right. So like Todd said, we're going to be recording early next week. There'll be there'll be a pod out. There may be two out next week, depending on our arrangements that we're trying to work with another with a player. And uh, until then, we'll see you on the internet. Go CFC. Go Blues.